0: You're listening to Worktape, episode 96. Welcome, everyone, to this edition of the Worktape Podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Grover. Mitchell Palmer is unfortunately not with us, but at the moment, we have our newest co host who's kind of been in the shadows for about some time. But this is your first time hearing him, Uh, John Garcia. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Otherwise, Johnny, right? Yeah. Well, my name is John Garcia.
1: Go by Johnny, a.k.a. I2J, also known as Johnny Apollo, man of a couple different faces. Yeah.
0: So you are an artist as well as a, uh, well, I don't want to call you a business guru by putting you on a spot, but you understand the music business pretty well. And more than average, I'm going to give you.
1: No, I appreciate that. I feel I know what I've been through, if that makes sense. So I only know, like the only business, the only music business I know is the stuff that I've done. So I know a little bit about marketing. I know a little bit about copyrights and registering your music. It's important pieces of music
0: business you know but yeah right so you feel your education has been more from white knuckling and bare bones just experience in life
1: absolutely and I feel that there has been no other way I would ever go about it no offense or no judgment but I was not ever given a silver spoon or have been put through courses or classes that have excelled my music career. It's only been off of what I've done off of my own personal money, my own personal time, my own personal failures and my own personal efforts. But again, no judgment, of course, everybody has their own way of going about it. This was just my personal journey.
0: Yeah, I think being able to relate to someone like you who has been through the rough patches and as you kind of worded it, which I'm gonna agree with you, I know you mean no offense, but it really, you meant it properly, uh, a silver spoon. There are many of us who didn't have that and we had to work from the ground up. And I think having someone like you to relate to is hugely important to our the wide majority of our audience because a lot of you guys listening, you guys didn't have that and you guys know what it's like to have to figure things out just by going through life. You didn't, you know, whether you had to hit the books or not, you didn't just get it handed to you and you had to work hard for it. And you probably just like John, right? I mean, I imagine the rest of our audience also understands as well. You know what it's like to build to the point where it's like that kind of gets destroyed and that keeps happening over and over, right? Oh, absolutely. I've built up something
1: and then I knew I was destroying it, but I thought I was going to be able to rebuild it into something new But in the process of destroying what I already had been building, I was destroying myself. And that was my first failure. I don't understand why, and I can't even answer the question why I decided to destroy what was not broken. But I did. I was young, and I thought a rebranding or a revamp at an early stage of business was proper. And it absolutely was not. And that was my first, you know, face plant. Then coming back, and I wouldn't even say it was a comeback. I had just stopped doing certain things during a certain time. And then I started doing it again in Colorado. And I started making momentum again. But from that point to 2019, That was my first faceplant. That was my first, like, real big failure. Everything fell apart. Everybody scattered for me like a light just flicking on a patch of cockroaches. Like, just boom. And I was left there alone. I weirdly got back up, but for not long at all, year and a half, two years later, I hit my face again. And this time it was in such a way to where... I can't even explain. I mean, I met you during that time, which is how we're sitting here now, which is a coincidence. I mean, not really a coincidence. It's God sent, absolutely. Yeah, hey, I just wanted a U eighty seven. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to be able to provide, <laughs> and it was. Uh, I happened to be the person in between that. But hey, I mean, God works in mysterious ways. But during that time, I face planted again, and this has been like. I would really say my third time getting back up and doing it or trying to do it right because Lord knows I do it wrong. But if there is one thing about any of this, don't give up. Even if you face plant, you break your nose, lose a couple of teeth. It don't matter. You just have to get up, look ugly for a little bit. Things will repair itself. But Yes, I definitely know about falling apart. That is a big piece of my story. Absolutely.
0: So relatable for me, first off. Number two, what's something that you really want to provide to the audience as you're on the team now? What's something that you really want to help people with? It's a good question. I feel that
1: if there was one thing I would love to provide to the audience is heart and love. The one thing I was not shown early on in the professional side of music was love. It was more about how much money are you bringing to this meeting and how much money are you willing to spend? I mean, which is cool. It's fine. I get it. The music industry is built off of revenue and finances and which is totally cool. We're in this game to play, you know, but there was not much love if I didn't have a certain amount of dollars that they wanted to hear. If these big shots were looking at their normal income revenue of $10,000 per artist, and I'm walking in with $1,500, well, I'm not really shown much love and I'm not shown much respect. It's more of, okay, cool. We'll Watch you. We'll keep an eye on you, but you don't really got the dollars like that. You don't got the money like that. You ain't making that bread like that. And that's something that I would love to provide to the audience is that love and support. Even if I can't help someone necessarily get on a plateau but I can lend them my ear. I can give them an honest review. I can tell them what it really is without any
0: strings attached in a sense, you know? So kind of humanize them through these difficult processes that tend to be very robotic and repetitive. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Because really, at the end of the day, this is not about money. This is about getting your music heard. This is about building and expanding a fan base. And this is about touching other people's hearts and emotions and helping people through their day-to-day lives that, you know, or yeah, man, it's just, there's a lot through music that can and should be done. And we should be focusing more on that rather than how much money are you bringing to the table?
0: Yeah. Do you ever feel like uh, well, this might've been your experience, but it sounds like you've been through a lot of situations where trying to make it in music, you end up becoming and, and and that's why I use the word humanized. Do you almost feel like you've been oftentimes dehumanized because of the people that you worked with?
1: Absolutely, because you become the environment. If you hang out in the barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. And what I mean by that is if you're around people who solely focus more on the let's make this bread rather than focusing on let's get your music heard no matter what your personal stipulations are that I have worked with a lot more of. And it was really hard for me personally to step back from that. And there's two reasons why. One reason is because, yes, I worked with a lot of people. I worked with a handful of people. I don't want to get in their minds where I've worked with all, you know, no, no, I've worked with a handful of people who geared me more towards that style of thinking. And uh, it's been really difficult to come back from that because there's ways that we can absolutely help artists that are on a low budget. And all glory to God, he's humbled me down a lot with certain avenues in my life. And I've had to look for different ways. And knowing that, it has brought me back down to earth and I still feel that I can offer artists the same thing I was offering them, just not trying to charge them $15,000. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Because just because you can make a sale doesn't mean you should, right? I've, I mean, I've made plenty of
1: sales, you know, and I know these artists are really mad at me because, you know, some of the sales, I, I, I only know what I know. And I'm only told what I'm told. Yeah. And I'm only going to sell what I'm told. So I know there's a few artists out there that are mad at me and we're just going to be honest. I mean, what's a little controversy in a podcast, right? So I mean, I feel like it's inescapable (laughs) today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, somewhere along the line, someone's going to try to call me out on my BS. So let's just say this. I'm going to put it out there. No, I have not hustled artists on purpose. I have been told certain things when I was first getting into the music business, which is why I'm saying. Right. I only know about the music business of what I've been through, and I got hustled when I first stepped into the music business. I mean, I got hustled for thousands and thousands of dollars. So for these certain artists that are mad at me for just a few hundred bucks, a hundred, two, three hundred, five hundred dollars they spent on me, I get it. But I spent ten thousand dollars that I've been hustled on. I'm not putting that out there. You know, people, whoever will hear this will hear this. I spent a lot of money on my music. And I've been hustled on a lot of money. So for those artists that are mad at me, I get it, but shout out to you. Thank you for working with me. Thank you for at least at that moment entrusting me with your music. But there's a lot that goes into this that we just don't understand. I mean, I fell off track a little bit, but that's still on track on a little bit about music business and getting your feet wet and all. Yeah, everything, man. This is, just, it's a crazy game. So it's easy to get off track because there's a lot that goes into this. And there's a lot that I would rather artists not have to go through.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep, a lot of us don't want to go through the things that you or I went through. But I think for most of us, it's kind of inevitable. It really is the majority. The minority are the ones that we see. Well, even the ones on top that we see are the ones who have quote unquote made it. I mean, those come with a lot of pain and suffering as well. So a lot of us who are kind of more at the bottom, so to speak, right, or who have a more modest following, you know, we have our own challenges as well that we have to go through them. But I guess no matter who you are in the music business, it's kind of that, that, <laughs> that trash sandwich for, you know, a more friendly term um, that we all have to eat.
1: I don't know if anyone's ever seen this meme, but it's like a really, really huge guy in a really small tuxedo. And above him is the word America. And he's sitting on the city of it looks like New York or Los Angeles. And he has a water spout over him and he's getting all the water. And the only thing that the people above him that are holding the city up and they're all skinny and famished and all that they're literally getting the drops from the bottom of his soles. So they're getting the dirty, dirty water that drips off of his feet and they're praising him like he's God. Mm. And when I seen this meme, it not only irritated me on all levels. Probably horrified you too. It did because it makes me think, I mean, I don't have that kind of income revenue to where i am on the more of i guess comfortable side of life if you will i pretty much am one of those skinny people holding them up thanking lord america for the dirty water drops and it it hits home and but those are the memes that really hit home and that really do light the fire that keeps me waking up at 4 a.m. in the morning or, you know, that just keeps me going. I I can't stop until my family's okay.
0: And I think that's what it's about. Well, for most of us is that it really is at the end of the day, because, you know, we're all adults here. We we have mouths to feed, a lot of us. And uh, even if it's our own mouth, we at least have a mom and dad or siblings or aunts and uncles that we want to take care of, you know, we desire what's best for our families. And I think a lot of us just want that. We just want sustenance or um, sustainability and self-sufficiency. You're not depending on anyone else, but you to take care of the family that you've been given. And I think we all relate to that because that's a really human thing is family. Yeah, it really,
1: man, I would not be here without my family. So really quick, shout out to my family. Shout out to my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother-in-law, my daughter, my fiance, and my 2 soon-to-be daughters. Just have to put that out there.
0: Shout out to them too, and my own. So here's the thing. Uh, Mitch wasn't here. You know, obviously he couldn't make it. I know he won't be able to make the next episode. So I was thinking, you know, it'd be really good for us to go into some more practical stuff the next episode it would be good to talk about how we could do business ethically in music because you and I have talked about this a lot off camera or off air. And I think that's very important that people hear that. Yes, there is a way to do it. And I know it'd be good for everyone else to hear that from
1: you. Oh yeah. Ethical business.
0: (laughs) It's almost an oxymoron, but I don't think it has to be. No, it
1: doesn't. There definitely can be. And that's a really good topic. Absolutely.
0: Yes, and I meant to mention this episode, but we will start off. Actually, nah, I'll just do it real quick. So, a few mentions. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, John, but I'm doing this off the fly because I believe these people deserve our respect. Tina Turner has passed away. Oh, shout out to Tina Turner. Rest in peace. Yeah, she is a powerhouse of a pop vocalist. Fiery and punchy and just authoritative. Without her, we wouldn't have, I think, quite a few artists today. So respect to her. You know, She's the biggest one. The other ones are more people that I looked up to more personally. Tom Verlaine of television passed away in January. I didn't recognize that. Jeff and I talk about television all the time. Rest in peace to him. Yeah, he's a punk icon. And he is a forefather of alternative or at least an uncle that a lot of us look up to a fantastic guitarist, a really good songwriter. I mean, right up there with, in my opinion, he is the less known David Byrne, not as far as vocals, but as far as how iconic he is and how legendary he is in the community. Because without David Byrne and Tom Verlaine, we wouldn't have a lot of the amazing alternative rock that came out post-70s. And then my particular guy who I talk about so often, Andy Rourke of the Smiths, their bassist, has passed, I think, within the last few days. And uh Johnny Marr and um Mike Joyce, which I always talk about how I forget the drummer's name, but his name's Mike Joyce. Um, I think he spoke on it and then Morrissey, you know, I think he I forgot what he had said, but Johnny gave a very heartfelt verbal tribute to Andy. Andy was amazing. It'd be great to go over how important Andy was for the Smiths and you know, maybe. I'll at least bring Jeff on for that because Jeff and I, you know, we'll get into Smith's tracks. But uh, yeah, those three men and women, you know, rest in peace. And uh, yeah, they meant a lot to us musically and just as people because they also had families as well. And they also were someone's child. And uh, the last piece of news, which is related to a deceased artist, Taylor Hawkins of Foo Fighters, who it's just not the same band. But um, sounds like they got a new drummer. Yeah, Josh Freese will be filling in, no pun intended, for Foo Fighters, at least their live acts. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That just kind of came to me. I do not know if he will be doing any of their studio work, but he will be filling in for the live shows. And if any of you do not know Josh Freese, then you can think of studio work. I think for even the likes of Queens of the Stone Age, it could be wrong. Scratch that if that's not the case. But he's done a lot of tracks, actually. Garrison, who is the Foo Fighter guy here, will probably be bringing more episodes on Foo Fighters and other hard rock and metal, right, coming up. John, if you want to get on that, you can. But um, that's our thing. Yep. And uh, yeah, I hope it goes well with Fooz and Josh. Dave Grohl did a, a couple um, new tracks for their newest album coming out. And uh, Dave Grohl's on the kit, by the way. So Dave did the studio sessions for both of these tracks, which Josh Freese will be apparently drumming on so there's that so he's not the permanent drummer he is just the drummer right now oh you mean dave uh yes yeah dave was just doing the session he was just okay. recording and you know again i'm just gonna say it really quickly uh taylor hawkins there's no replacement for him dave Grohl could not replace him not even josh freese could replace him um no offense to josh Fries. in fact josh freese had been known by many as your favorite drummer's favorite drummer Oh, oh, wow. Okay. When it comes to session people, a lot of people don't know about them except for people who play music. So it is only appropriate that someone like Josh Freese would be labeled your favorite drummer's favorite drummer. Well, yeah, because
1: he's done A Perfect Circle, which shout out to A Perfect Circle because Maynard coming from Tool, going to A Perfect Circle, he created that band. I mean, Maynard first, let's just put it out there. Maynard, he has like, don't quote me on this, but <laughs> kind of quote me on this. Two to three PhDs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. Yes, he is a very, very intelligent man. The, the man knows a lot of he, Newton's law. The man is Newton's law. Like, <laughs> you know, This guy Maynard is crazy, but he created a perfect circle. So for Josh Fries to drum with Maynard should already speak
0: volume. Yeah, I'm trying to find who did work for it. Because I, I totally thought that he did work. Okay, well, he did do work with Paramore, apparently. But uh no, Josh is a very precise drummer. Um, the, He sounds different than Taylor. I'm just going to be real. So it's going to give the Foo Fighters a different sound. But if he's good enough for Dave Grohl, I think he's good enough for anyone. So shout out to Josh Freese. You're a great drummer. I'm excited to kind of hear uh, any new studio work with you. So good on you guys and do well. And Taylor Hawkins family, you guys... I'll be keeping you guys in prayer and I love you guys. So uh, yeah, John, we'll get into ethical business in the next episode. You have a great day. We'll talk later. All right. Peace. Peace out.